tonight. Let's all stand. If you're glad to be here, would you clap your hands to the Lord? If you're glad to be here tonight. We're glad you're here, and thank you so very much for coming. And uh, we're going to break a years-long precedent here tonight by opening up with a, some worship music that I am so excited. Right now, I am beside myself. Thank the Lord. Amen. What I'm excited about is I'm excited about these three people right behind me, but I'm a little more excited about them people over there. I want you to look who's at the keyboard, at the drums, and who's on the bass guitar. Is that amazing or what? Thank the Lord. So we owe God all of our worship, but I want us to give them some appreciation by singing and worshiping and make them feel like they're fulfilling their purpose that um, God's allowed them to have. And I'm very excited about that. And um, I want to thank Jonathan Grohn for many, many Sunday afternoons uh, over the past uh, couple of months working with them and getting them to where they can do what they do tonight. So here we go, Grace Church. Y'all worship the Lord. As soon as the song concludes, all the kids are dismissed to go to kids' church. God bless you guys. Thank you. 
some appreciation for that, can we? That was amazing. Y'all were awesome. Awesome, awesome. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Was that amazing or what? Was anybody surprised that, man alive, you see the, the talent, the gifting we have here? It was just sitting there waiting for somebody to tap it, somebody to teach, somebody to work with them. Thank you all so much. That was amazing. And um, maybe in another Wednesday night or two, we could hear them do that again. I think that would be, that would be amazing. Amen. Thank the Lord. Great job to Eli, Noah, Heston, and Joseph. Great, great job. They were amazing. Chris, was the drums, drums okay? Back, you gave them, gave them. Get a thumbs up from Chris Lewis. They're in great, great shape, that's for sure. And I thought they were amazing. Uh, I could sit here and talk another 10 minutes about it, but I think you get the point. I'm proud of this, man. I'm just... I'm, I'm projecting. I don't want to prophesy, not, but I'm going to project, kind of like they do in the, an election. But I'm going to project maybe in about another six to eight months, you might see them doing that a little more frequently. Uh, I will tell you our goal is to bring more music like that to our Wednesday night service. And I think the plan is for them to start playing as much as they can with our uh, children, our junior worship team. And uh, so we're going to start using them more and more and more. And we are very, very excited about that. Again, Jonathan, thank you so very much. Let me make a few announcements and then we'll launch into our uh, presentation for tonight. I'd like to remind of all of our men this coming Saturday uh, at 9 o'clock uh, Saturday morning, we have men's prayer. And uh, it is consistently well attended. And I'm very, very thankful for that. And then this coming Sunday, my brother Tom Murphy will be speaking in our 11 o'clock service. Can't wait for that. It's going to be a wonderful time in the Word of God. He is an excellent, excellent preacher. And uh, I'm, I'm so excited that he's coming and looking forward to his ministry. Also, as we've been announcing, on Sunday, October the 3rd, will be our Sunday to dedicate uh, our babies. And uh, so if you have a baby that you'd like to have dedicated... Uh, please let the church office know as soon as possible. And then, this coming Sunday, we've got a real cool giveaway for a very special, wonderful group of people. This giveaway is not including everybody. I'm sorry about that. But you have to be a certain age, and you have to be doing certain things to get this very special giveaway. So... You'll want to be here. It's a surprise. I told somebody that tonight would be a surprise. They said, what is a surprise? I said, well, if I told you, it wouldn't be a surprise. I mean, uh, so you'll just have to wait and see. But Sunday's going to be real special for a very special group of people uh, that will be here. So I'm glad to see all of you here tonight. Our guests here tonight, welcome. We're so glad to see you as well. And... Um, Man, it's been amazing around Grace Church for the past few weeks. I'm so excited about what God is doing. I'm so thankful for great attitude, great spirit, great determination, great tenacity. Um, we're moving forward again. And uh, you can feel it. You can feel the change in the atmosphere. Let me begin my uh, presentation tonight. Uh, last week, 
uh, we introduced a, it's a series that I'm doing that is all the, the backbone, the skeleton, if you will, all the structure of our church vision, which entails know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And uh, it's hanging in our lobby. Uh, you walk under that when you walk into the sanctuary. And uh, I have never taught this material to our church. We've been taught, it's been taught to our leadership team. But I just felt like under the umbrella of us moving forward again, that it would just be a good thing to present this to our entire church body that's here on Wednesday night. So last week, I talked about our attitude from this point of view, uh, from this perspective. It's, it's our attitude must be, our attitude must say that I believe our church can grow. Um, I would like to say, maybe add to that, our church can grow again. Uh, but after the past 18 months of all of this stuff we've, we've all experienced, um, we just feel like the time is right. And, and I can feel in the atmosphere that, that everybody here tonight believes Grace Church can grow, and it can grow more than it ever has. And I believe that with all of my heart. There's even a great uh, turnout here tonight on Wednesday night that I'm so very, very thankful for. So last Wednesday night, we talked about attitude. If you were not here, not able to... Uh, to be here Wednesday, last Wednesday night, please go to our podcast and listen to that uh, just so you'll be up to speed with this total presentation. Tonight I'd like to talk to you about vision, specifically our Grace Church vision. But uh, I, I don't want, quite want to put it just under the umbrella of Grace Church vision. I'd like for it to become your vision. Um, this, is, this is who you are. This is what you do and uh, this is how you're going to do it kind of thing. Um, so after changing uh, from last Wednesday night, changing to a my church can grow attitude, the next step is vision, how can the church grow? The Bible said, the wise man said, you all know it in Proverbs 29, 18, where there's no vision, the people perish. The message translation said, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. We've seen that kind of for the past 18 months, haven't we? I want to share a quote from, uh, from D.L. Moody. And I'm going to get real slow and I'm going to take an, an extra few seconds to do this. Uh, you see it on the screen. And I want everybody to read that and I want everybody to absorb it. This is one of our main candy stick points if you will when it comes to vision he said our greatest fear should not be a failure but of succeeding at something that doesn't really matter I want everybody to absorb that here at Grace Church it is our goal it's in our vision structure to make everything we do matter everything here we do has a purpose you can't aim around just anything you have to aim at the right thing. In developing a vision for our church, the question is, what do we want our church to become? What do you want people to say when they walk in the door for the first time? What do you, ask yourself this question, what do I want people to say about my church when they walk in the door for the very first time? You want them to observe that it's a very cold, uh, not friendly, uh, not very warm church. What if you brought a guest Sunday? How would you want them treated when they got here? So that's, that's where this is coming from. Uh, let me ask this question. 
And again, this comes from Grow. I talked to you about that uh, last Wednesday night. Uh, we've been several times in Birmingham. But uh, Pastor Chris Hodges asked this question over and over and over. He said, what does a win look like for your church? When you walk away from church on Sunday, when you walk away from church on Wednesday night, can you say, we won, we accomplished something, we gained something? If you say that, then what is it that we've gained? What is it that we've won? So as a church, Grace Church, we must see things clearly when it comes to vision, and we must see it correctly. Let me ask you another question. Everybody listen to the question. I want you to ask yourself, why do we as Grace Church exist? Why do we exist? Why are we here? What are we here for? I'll give you the answer, and the answer is this. We're here to see lost people saved, saved people pastored, not by Pastor Murphy per se, but by everybody discipling, teaching, training, that kind of thing. Pastored people trained and discipled, and then trained people mobilized. That's why we're here. We're here to see lost people saved, saved people pastored, pastored people trained, discipled, trained people mobilized. I want to read tonight from Exodus chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. It is the total entire basis, if you will, of this, of this presentation tonight. God told Moses, he said, Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will. Everybody say, I will. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will, everybody say, I will, rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be unto you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. The Jewish people have a lot of regard and a lot of respect for this scripture setting, and they call it the four I wills of God. But what God is asking Moses to do here is to tell the people what I'm going to do. Tell them what I'm going to do for them. The four I wills are simply this. I will bring you out. I'll bring you out. I will rid you out of their bondage. I will redeem you. And I will take you to me for a people. For I wills. This is what I'm going to do. So I will bring you out of Egypt. I will rid you out of their bondage. That's I'll get Egypt out of you. I will take you to me for a people. That is the condition of your soul being fulfilled and then this is why we exist. This is the purpose for we exist. It's the four, the four I wills. I'll bring you out. I'll rid you out of their bondage. I'll redeem you. I'll take you from me of people. This is why we exist. If you think, if there's anybody here tonight, listen to pastor. If anybody here tonight thinks that we exist just for you, then our church will never grow. Everybody say amen. You understand that the more you help people see the needs in their lives fulfilled, the more your needs 
are fulfilled in your lives. Have anybody ever realized that? That is a very true statement. So watch this. He said, I will bring you out. That is out of Egypt. That's being saved. To us, that's obeying Acts 2.38. They repented. They received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They've been baptized in Jesus' name. So they've been brought out of Egypt. So they are saved. But then he said, I will rid you out of their bondage. That is getting Egypt out of people. That's being delivered. It's helping people recover from their past, whatever they've been through. It's, it's helping heal the hurt. If they have forgiveness issues, it's helping and coaching them through that. If they've been abused, if they've suffered with addiction, those kind of things. So people can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, repent, all of that. They can obey Acts 2.38 to a T, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the things from their past still does not trouble them. And that's where we come into play. So we teach them to know God. That's Acts 2.38. We, we, we teach them to find freedom. That's coming out from under all of that Egyptian bondage, all the forgiveness issues, the bitterness, all those kind of things. And then the third thing, he said, I will redeem you. I will buy you back. This is total restoration. So this is people coming from wherever they are in life. They come to Grace Church. According to our vision that we're casting here tonight, we want to see them saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, etc. We want to see them delivered from things that have troubled them in their past. And God knows people suffer from things in their past. We're going to help them through that, and we have. And then we see them redeemed. We want them back in a place of complete restoration where now they can start helping people. They can start serving people. They can start teaching people. And that's where God said, I will take you to me for a people. That is God sending people out to become disciples, to train, to equip, to teach, uh, to keep this cycle going. So when he said, I will bring you out, that is to know God. Everyone that attends our church must know God, and please do not assume they do. They must know God and don't assume that they do. This applies to people that we would say, traditionally we would say the lost, we would say the sinner, I prefer to say the unchurched. It is also those of various denominations who may not be in full truth. Listen to pastor, you'll see it on the screen. Never, never discount someone's relationship with God, but rather show them a more excellent way. Please don't tell somebody of another denomination that I don't care what you believe, you're lost and going to hell, so just forget about it. That is the worst thing you can tell somebody on the planet. Please don't do that. Befriend that person, win their confidence, and then have moments where you can share scripture with them. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of God. So there's people that think they know God, but according to Jesus, they don't. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And he said, then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. This to me just accentuates our duty and responsibility to people who may not know God perhaps in the same way we do or the same as we do, however you want to fill in that, that, that blank space. Bottom line, it is our job here at Grace Church and it is our church vision to see to it that everybody that comes here 
They need to know God. And it's our job to teach them that. It's not here to teach you to know God more, per se. And if you want to know God more, bring somebody in here that needs God, watch them get God, and then see how much more you know about God. <clears throat> I didn't mean get God in a derogatory way. So everyone does not know God. So as you develop vision, and, and Grace Church has done this, I'm just making it aware that everybody here tonight, a system must be put in place that will deliver our vision so that people can know God. So this is what we do here at Grace Church. You wonder why we do the lights, all the music, we even do the, the fog, the smoke, what have you. We want to create, we try so hard. Casey and our worship team is so committed to this. We want to create a weekend worship experience that both churched and unchurched people love to attend. That's what we do here at Grace Church, and we, we do it. It's our goal to do this every Sunday. And what, what Casey is our, our music director, uh, she's the serve team leader for our music department, what she has done and everyone else in that department is they have taken me out of that equation. That what they do up here is not about me. It's not about the singer. It's about you. And if you're blessed as a result of what they do, then they're blessed as a byproduct of it. Does that make sense to everybody here tonight? Everybody say amen. amen. So services should and must be, number one, authentic, then relevant, enjoyable, and powerful. It's not just the preaching and singing. It's an environment and a culture that it creates, and I'll come to that later. So we create weekend worship experiences for everyone that attends Grace Church to the very best of our ability. Number two is we create connect points. When we talk about culture and environment, I hope you all understand that. This is an environment where a person can begin being led in the right direction by somebody who attends Grace Church. That's why we want everyone greeted our lobby is so important. Our lobby is so important. I can't describe how important our lobby is. If it goes bad in the lobby, it's going to be hard to work it out in the rest of the service. The lobby is, is so very, very important. But we want to create connect points. That's the first one. When they walk in the church door, whoever it is, we wanted them warmly greeted, not necessarily aggressively, but warmly greeted, a wonderful smile, and a wonderful handshake that says, that communicates, if you have anything in your life that we can help you with, you've come to the right place. There's hope for you. There's hope for your family. There's hope for your marriage. There's hope for your kids. There's hope for your job. There's hope for everything. And we want to communicate that to everybody that walks in the door. The second thing we want to do Can y'all ignore that now that we all know what it is? That we're not under assault. Our century men, it's okay. <laughs> I assume that's what that is. Anyway, um, but we want to create connect points, and we want to encourage everybody. If you see somebody at Grace Church that's, that's a guest that you don't know, um, please greet them. Walk up to them and greet them. Make them know we're happy you're here. We had somebody... 
that visited Grace Church several Sundays ago. I was told after church that person told some, the person they came with that nobody spoke to me the entire time I was at Grace Church. And I, I couldn't believe it. I'm still not sure if I do because that's not who we are. That's not how we operate here. But everybody has to be greeted. Everybody has to be greeted. Then if you can get to know that person a little bit, share a meal, a, a meal with them. It's not just pastor's job to do this. It's not assistant pastor's job to do this. It's everybody's job to do this. So if they're here on a Sunday and it looks like they're by themselves, them and their family, invite them out to lunch with you. You say, well, I don't know them. Well, there ain't but one way to get to know them. I have established a wonderful friendship with somebody here at Grace Church just by inviting them to go have a meal with me. I didn't know that person and they didn't know me, but after meeting four or five times since that first one, we've kind of gotten to know each other very well and enjoy each other's fellowship. Brand new to Grace Church. Brand new to Grace Church. And they're here virtually every Sunday and even most Wednesdays. Uh, we also offer home Bible studies which I'm very glad to say I have a wonderful Bible study going on right now with a college-age group and then one high schooler uh, that's at my house every other Monday night. Very excited. I'm so pumped about that. I don't know what to do. Uh, we also want to bring back what we call our self-interest groups, um, and we'll talk about all of this later. But you do what works for the person and for you. If they don't want to have a meal together, then maybe just share some text messages with them a couple of times during the week. Or call them. Get their contact information if they'll give it to you, etc. You do what works for you. You do what works for them. The point is to get them to know God and then the next level to find freedom and the next level to discover purpose and then the next level to make a difference. That's the goal. That's the point. Is to get them fully operational in the kingdom of God. And then everyone in any leadership role, I say if you have a title behind your name, is the easiest way to say it, but in any leadership role must embrace this system, if you will, and I'm using the word system in quotes as you see, but to embrace this conduit through which our vision is coming down to everyone that attends Grace Church. So the system is what will deliver your vision to everybody. It's imperative that you know it. Let me share this with you quickly. I'm trying not to get in a hurry tonight, and I, I told you some of these might be a little more than an 815 dismissal. Um, the first time we went to grow, it was Sister Murphy and I have a, a, a large campus. We parked, and as soon as we got out of our car, there was a man sitting there in a golf cart waiting to take us to the door. The car, the golf cart driver, the golf cart driver, said, what's your name? We told him. Where are you from? We told him. Uh, he said, you're going to love this. He said, our church vision is that we want everybody to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. This is the golf cart driver, a retired man, and that's all he does at that church. I asked him. And he began to explain what all of this meant and how it worked. And by that time, we got to the church door. The next morning, we showed up again, and it just so happened the same man picked us up again. And he said, hello, Glenn and Paula Murphy from Baton Rouge. How are y'all today? The golf cart driver. And they had probably 3,000 people there. And he remembered our name. If you don't think it made an impression, I'm still talking about it. But that's how important this is. You don't come up with your own way. And I like what Pastor said, but I'd rather do my own thing. If you're going to be on our leadership team, you need to embrace the system. 
It's the vehicle we use to deliver our vision to everyone that walks in the door. Everyone needs to know it. And then you cannot love your system more than you love your vision. What that means is you must have vision first and then develop a system that will work and deliver it. A system is what brings your vision to pass or puts your vision into operation. Example is you cannot be more excited over the media software than the impact the media has on people when they walk in the door. Does that make sense? We, we have to understand that. You, you can't love the system more than you love the vision. Your point is not you're giddy about being a greeter, and I can't wait to show up in church and be a greeter. I'm a greeter, and I get to wear a name badge that says I'm a greeter, and I can wear a thing around my neck. That's not the point. The point is that you get to warmly greet everybody that walks in the door. That's what you're excited about. And everybody said amen. Y'all with me? <clears throat> Are y'all with me? Yeah. Made me a little nervous. I didn't hear a sound when I asked that question. Whew. Okay. So the key to vision and a system is to narrow it, is to narrow the focus of it. So at Grace Church, and we, we've taught this especially in leadership, we've taught it in leadership, we have to be intentional. You have to be intentional. Your intent, your purpose, your function is when you meet somebody, no matter who they are, where they're from, your intent is to get them, get to know them well enough that you can bring them to the next level of their relationship with God. That's the point, and that's what we do here at Grace Church. So we have to be intentional. We have to genuinely care for people, genuinely care. I've, I've used this as a model for years. When I bring a guest to church, I want everyone to greet my guest. I want everyone to be kind to my guest. I want everybody to be friendly with my guest because I want my guest to be impressed with our church. But if you bring a guest, I don't really care. We can't do that. We can't do that. We have to be excited about everybody that attends Grace Church. Everybody. And everybody said amen. We had a missionary here several years ago, and the, the missionary's wife asked, she said, right over there where the groans are sitting, she said, after church, how do you get your church to be so friendly? She said, 14 people greeted me from the lobby to my chair. 14, she counted. I said, well, what do you mean? She said, because most churches I go to don't speak to me at all. It's a missionary's wife. It's telling that people want to be, they, they want to know where they're at. People intend, they make it a goal to speak to them, to genuinely care about them, and then to keep it very simple. You don't have to engage one God doctrine. You don't have to engage holiness standards. Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. We're just glad you're here. We hope you're at home. Can I get you a bottle of water? Everybody knows where the water's at. Uh, can I get you a bottle of water? Can I do anything? We have a nursery. Let them know. Keep it simple and make them feel uh, at home. And then number two, God told Moses to tell them, I will rid you out of their bondage. That is to find freedom. That's coming out of Egypt. They know God. Now they're going to find freedom. The Bible said we confess to God for forgiveness. Notice this. We confess to God for forgiveness, but we confess to one another for healing. That's Bible. We confess to one another for healing. James said confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Why? That you might be healed. So part of our church vision and system 
should be to help people get rid of their baggage. I hate that word, but it's applicable. Uh, to get rid of their past, their, their stuff they feel guilty about, the stuff they feel condemned about, you're all that. Help them get rid of that from sin, from worldliness, childhood stuff, a bad marriage, a divorce. Do not judge them. Help do not judge them, help them. So a system must be put into place to do this, whether it is support groups, small groups, one-on-one, -on -one, private counseling, teaching, and so on. Let them talk and you listen. Don't try to top their stories with something that's worse that happened to you. Listen to them and then help them, guide them. Something we strive to do at Grace Church and we're, we're beginning to redo all of this and get it all going again is to have events with a ministry focus. Events can be anything as long as there is a ministry focus. An event can be anything as long as there is a ministry focus. A place, an, an environment where you can connect with them and them with you. I think one of the greatest paradoxes I've ever heard with a small group or self-interest group, as we call it, is that our knitting class is at Starbucks. Is that right, Sister Renee? Is it still... Starbucks. Who goes to Starbucks to knit? Starbucks, excuse me here, and I, they kind of attract nerdy kind of people. They bring their computers, mostly Apple. You don't see a PC that much at Starbucks, but it's usually an Apple, an iPhone, an iPod, an i this, an i that, all of this. That, who goes to Starbucks to knit? Our group has been going long enough that all the people behind the counter know them by name. They know what kind of coffee they want, you know, all that kind of stuff. They're connecting not only with each other, but now they're connecting with the people at Starbucks. I pray to see harvest from that at some point. So when people show up at your church or your event, they need to be known. They need to feel like they connect. They need to feel like they fit. They need to know they're at a safe place where they can grow. Now, there may be folks here tonight that I don't know about all that. How did you feel the first time you came to Grace Church? There's a lot of people here tonight that felt incredibly welcome, and you felt like it was an incredibly safe place. It's a safe place. So the third thing is to discover purpose. This is discipleship. This is training. Discipleship is not necessarily learning more about the Bible. People must be shown and led to be trained in their purpose, and a system must be in a place to accomplish this. That's why we're so determined as kindly as we can but we're so determined during our grace steps our four classes for membership that in one of those classes we do personality and gifting assessments you'll be amazed at how profitable this is because when people do personality and gifting i've had several people some are here tonight that said at, at another church at another time i was asked to do da 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 da, da and i hated it I, I never felt comfortable it wasn't me so they go through the personality and gifting assessment and find out that wasn't them. They didn't even fit that at all. So we strive here to put people, ask people to serve in a place where they fit something that's commensurate with their personality and their gifting assessment. That's why we do it. The third thing we do with that is infuse. Infuse is huge. Infuse is it's finding out where a person's heart is. We, we use it strictly with all of our platform people, all of our singers and musicians, we want them to be infused onto our team. And they have to go through several classes with Casey 
and others to learn, we learn about their attitude, their perspective, what they think it is, and then they have to understand what we think it is. So if you want to be on this platform, you need to understand what we think it is, and we really appreciate when you think about it the same way we do. If you don't, then we give you this answer. We love your heart. We love your, your intentions, your drive, but maybe the music team isn't a fit for you right now. Can we recommend you serve somewhere else? We've had to do that several times. What I find just a little tiny bit comical is when you have people that roll in here and say, I don't need to go through that. I know all that already. Okay, we appreciate that you know all of it already, but you need to know it just in case, just in case, just, just pamper us, if you will, and just go through the process. And everybody that's felt like they didn't need it have come out of it saying, I'm absolutely amazed, and I wish every church would do it this way. We've had that experience numerous times with people. So we do our best in helping people discover their purpose to equip them, to train them, and to, to talk about attitude and heart. And this is where you begin to get them on board with the vision and purpose of Grace Church and begin to incorporate them into it, is to acquaint them with the why and the how. The, Paul said in Romans 12, 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of their faith. So even the Bible teaches about gifting, not gifts of the Spirit, but just gifts that God gave you when you were born. So the key is more equipping and training and less events in this case. We do training. We have sessions for training, not for social purposes. And then he said, I will take you out to me for a people. It's to make a difference. And this is where people can start giving back. And I love it. I love it, love it, love it. When people come, and sometimes they come broken, I'm being very respectful, they come broken, they have all kinds of things in their past. We work and work and work, and pretty soon they're on a serve team, they're working somewhere around the campus, giving back and doing some amazing things. And there's a number of people here tonight that certainly fit that description. So Peter said in his epistle, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So it's our goal to have everyone reach a place where you feel like you're good with your relationship with God, everything's working, kind of running on all eight cylinders, and now I want to give back, I want to give back. And we love it when people come and say, hey, I want to, I want to serve, I want to, I want to be involved somewhere. So we teach and equip them to give back by doing in and for others what has been done for them and it's contribution, community, and celebration. The system we use is small groups, we call them self-interest groups, and serve teams. The key here is gift-oriented ministry. So our vision is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. And I've just reviewed all of that with you. So everyone that comes to Grace Church is put into one of these categories and led from there to the next level. Everybody that comes, if I have an opportunity to meet them, in my mind, I put them what I feel like is the applicable category, and then I lead them from there. Our system we use is to deliver our vision in small groups, self-interest groups, serve teams, infuse, and a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, our small groups, we, again, we call them self-interest groups. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, I was never invited to attend one, but it's okay. I get hurt, but I heal quick. Was dude food, Brother Nathan. He started this with just a handful of men 
as I remember back in the day, um, they would go like once a month and eat a hamburger and he made up a spreadsheet, gave them all copies and everybody had to grade that burger. And the goal was to find the best hamburger in the area. One of my favorite stories is they went to one restaurant one time and at that time I think they may have had 10 or 12 men that had grown and uh, they had their spreadsheets out and they couldn't agree on one hamburger. They were divided ev evenly between two burgers so Nathan, as brilliant as he is, said, okay, half of you order one burger, the other half order the other burger. When you get your burger, everybody cut your burger in half and share halves so everybody tries both burgers. And they had their spreadsheets out on the table. The chef in the kitchen came out a couple of times. Is everything okay? Is everybody good? I mean, is, there, is the meat cooked just right? Apparently he thought they were from a magazine or a TV station or something grating their hamburger. I love that story. That was an amazing, amazing story. But uh, I'd love to see that uh, start up again. I feel like we're in a place in our, in our uh, social domestic setting now where we can do that. Restaurants are opening up more and more. Uh, we had a shooting club. Uh, Troy Swallow was over that where periodically he'd get, a, a, again, a group of men together to go shoot guns, go to a shooting range somewhere and shoot guns. And some of the women started complaining, what about us? So we opened it up for the lady folks. I did go to a couple of those, and they were absolutely amazing. Sister Sheila Landry does a card class faithfully and consistently once a month. We have a knitting class. We have, we've had other things that we're going to try to get up and running. Here's why these small interest groups, as we call it, becomes a worthwhile event. We bring ESPN into it. And ESPN works, man. Everybody loves ESPN, right? It's not the ESPN you're thinking about. E is for encourage, S is for scripture, P is for prayer, and N is the next step. So as we work with people, as our serve team leaders work with people, they're, they're watching, they're monitoring uh, to see when people are able to come up to the next level. Some of you don't see this happening in Grace Church, per se. But when you see a new person in the media booth, when you see a new person in live stream, when you see a new person in the praise team or whatever, there's oftentimes been a process of one on, usually one-on-one -on -one with a serve team leader and our pastor or sometimes both to get that person to that place. I again want to applaud Nathan Henson. He is doing a fabulous job with the media. He has just brought in some of our, our JV workers. These are our junior varsity. Uh, it's kind of junior high age groups. Uh, they're back there uh, virtually every Sunday, every Wednesday. I can't see who's back there now. Noah. Noah's 12, 13, 12. And uh, he's running the lights. So when you see the lights go up and down, even on Sundays, Noah is taking care of that. He's 12 years old. We're really thankful for that. And Nathan has done an amazing job. A couple of Sundays ago, I walked by the conference room. I heard Nathan's voice, stood there for a minute, and realized he was doing vision casting with his media team, which rotates in and out, doing a phenomenal job, and I appreciate that. So these are our small groups. We call them self-interest groups. Our other serve teams are Sunday school, worship team, production booth, which is sound, live stream, and lighting, uh, media. We have usher staff, Brother Mike, and now Kelton Nose is helping him with that, doing a phenomenal job. We have lobby staff, which Nancy Tier takes care of that. We have student ministry. Um, 
uh, Brother Dave Bunch is coordinating all of that. We have kids' church as of tonight, and everybody said amen. All of you parents with young children in here tonight being able to listen to all of this without being interrupted and distracted and all that, you're welcome. Uh, I will say for our serve teams, we appreciate you being a member of Grace Church, and you have to go through uh, our four membership classes. <clears throat> I mentioned a moment ago we do infuse. This is where people are infused into a leadership role. They are trained and equipped in attitude. We call it heart sessions, and we teach them the way we operate here at Grace Church. We appreciate your suggestions. We appreciate how they did it at another church, but we do it this way. And we tell you that as kindly, as kindly as we can. So as I wrap this up tonight, let me talk just a little more, a little more about vision. Vision, and this is why I want you to apply it to yourself. Everybody listen. Vision is transcendence. Vision is living beyond yourself. Again, your church vision should be what everyone can know and say. No vision statement that's two paragraphs long. We did that before. It didn't work. Nobody could remember it. I couldn't either. So we have this one very simple. It's four points. We've had it in the restrooms. We've had it in the bulletin board. We've had it everywhere. Our system isn't vision. Our system delivers the vision. Our system is self-interest groups, gift-oriented ministry, serve teams, infused, one-on-one coaching, mentoring, and training. Vision is what you and your church will and can become. It is the fulfillment of your desire and labor. What we heard here tonight right over here is a fulfillment of pastor's vision. I have desired that for years. You realize our worship team, as amazing as they are, they're not getting any younger. And we have to have somebody coming behind them. Everybody say amen. And we do. We do now. And I thank God for that. So what do you want or what do you see? Grace Church becoming. You say, well, I don't know. Okay, you don't have vision then, and people will perish because of that attitude. And it may be your family. might be your kids. might want to think about it, how important vision is. Vision should be measurable. What is a win? What is a touchdown after church on Sunday morning, after church on Wednesday night? So here are some questions that must be asked to develop vision and to develop the system that will deliver it. You must fall in, in love with the vision of your pastor and church. We must create a quality worship experience. If Sunday doesn't work, nothing else works. Sunday must work. That's why we promote worship. That's why we encourage worship. We want you to be friendly. We want you to be kind. We want you to be approachable, all of that. Don't be afraid to change what you do, and we're not. Has anybody noticed the Sunday's service schedule has changed? Anybody notice? Nobody? One? We used to see, sing three songs. Now they're doing four and five. We brought back old hymns. Nobody's noticed. Well, say something then when I ask. And, oh, yeah, now, now, no. no, no, no. <laughs> Y'all are so funny. How about that, the, the, the medley they did Sunday about the blood of Jesus? Was that amazing? That was amazing. So we're not afraid to change what we do. And God loves variety. Yes, he does. There was only one burning bush. There was only one day of Pentecost. God never, very, very rarely does he repeat an event. 
You have to keep changing until people are getting saved and staying at your church. That's what we have to do. At Grace Church, we think in steps, not events. We don't say, if we have so-and-so here Sunday, it's going to change everything. No, it's not. We, we think in steps. We plan in steps. We move kind of slowly sometimes, gradually, but we continually work and tweaking and so on. We don't try to do everything in every environment. And stop defending what's not working. If it's not working, even if it's your idea, get over it, and let's move on to something else. So that's what we do, and it's to make people better. So why do we do it? It's for their purpose in the kingdom because it's biblical, because the church exists for the lost, the hurt, the bitter, not us. People have to be known. People have to be known and needed. And the church has to be large and small at the same time. I don't have time to finish tonight. I just don't have time. All right. Next Wednesday night, uh, I don't have, can I have 10 more minutes? Thank you. I appreciate it. And we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, I'll teach you for sitting there being quiet and not saying nothing. <clears throat> go home if you have time and read Ecclesiastes 4. 8 through 12, okay? It's about the strength of a rope when it has three cords in it. It's, it's, it's a three-fold three cord, cannot easily be broken. We have to understand when people come to Grace Church, people need healing, deliverance from the past and their baggage. It's salvation, it's no God, it's a moment, deliverance, it's fine freedom, it's a process, it's grace, it's a first. Truth is a process. People experience the grace of God first and then truth is a process of teaching. We cannot be judgmental, and we must be a safe environment. We must provide that for everyone that comes. We don't want them to feel threatened. We don't want them to feel out of place. We don't want them to feel like somebody's going to drag them to the altar. None of that. We have to understand tonight, and I'll, I'll, if I'm not done in eight minutes, we'll just end it wherever, wherever that is. There's four aspects of a person's life that all of us need to understand. First of all, there is what is called the arena. That is a person saying, I know this about me, and you know this about me. Not going to elaborate on these points. They're obvious. Then there's the, 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 the second aspect is called mask, where people but wear a mask. I know things about me, but you don't. It's wearing a mask. Then there's the blind spot aspect where I may know something about somebody that they don't know yet. So I could, I'm a blind spot to them. But then the fourth aspect of a person's life is potential. Where you look at a person and say, I really don't know what all you can become in the kingdom, but you don't either. So let's work at this together. But these four aspects of a person's life indicates that everybody needs to grow, including everybody here tonight. Everybody here tonight can be better. Everybody can be better. We promote that here, and you'll remember hearing that often. So how do we do it? We do it through environment, and this is what is so important. You've heard Pastor and others talk about environment and culture. Here goes. It's helping people discover their purpose. We want an environment where people can discover purpose. Sunday services, the focus on church environment and culture. We need seven things here at Grace Church every Sunday, every Sunday consistently. Listen, we need a nursery. We need classes for kids. We need greeters and ushers. We need worship, sound, and visual. Those things are a must. you got to have that. 
Number two, you have to create services that people talk about. We want people to leave out here and go home and call their friends and say, you won't believe that service at Grace Church this morning. That's why we promote worship. That's why we want you to be excited. We're coming out of a bunch of stuff, folks, and we have an opportunity here. We have an opportunity to make this happen. And then we do our best to find out why people are not coming. And we do everything we can to fix it. And we do everything we can to fix it without compromising our message. When people come to Grace Church, we want to impress them in the first 10 minutes. And that's why the lobby is so important. I can't stress this enough. I can't stress how important the lobby is. And even when they come through the lobby, when they sit down in the sanctuary, that, that 10 minutes is so important. We have to put energy and resources into our praise and worship. Children's ministry must be well-staffed. It must have a feeling that it's safe. People want to know that their kids are going to be safe in children's ministry. It has to be clean, and it has to be fun. We create prayer teams and consistent prayer times. We promote mention prayer first. We have our booklets out in the lobby, if you do not have one, to pray first. But we have different um, venues, if you will, of prayer meeting and so on. When guests come, allow them to be anonymous. Um, I'm very careful at recognizing people from the pulpit, and I usually do not do it unless I know the person. Um, we just, we're glad to have all of our guests here today. Y'all remember we say that here. Um, and everything we do here at Grace Church, everybody please listen. If you've not heard anything else I said, please listen to this. We have to be excellent in everything we do. Excellent. Nothing can be sloppy. Nothing can be shabby. We teach all of our people in leadership, if you're not prepared by the time you walk in the door of the lobby, it's too late to get prepared. I don't like seeing teachers scrambling for a Sunday school book when they get here five minutes before Sunday school starts. Well, what's my, what am I teaching today? You have to be prepared when you walk in the door. You have to be prepared when you walk in. Uh, we Excellence, the reason we promote excellence, we strive on it, we, we, we teach it, et cetera is because excellence creates comfort. Has anybody ever heard a preacher preach his first sermon? Does anybody remember ever hearing a preacher preach his first sermon? I'm glad I'm not one of those preachers. I had preached one or two before I got here. Not to say I'm a great preacher, but anyway. But you hear him stumbling around, he's looking at his notes, and you know, he's doing this. Y'all bear with me for a minute. I'll find where I'm at. And it gets you so nervous you can't hardly sit through the service. You know what I'm talking about? We don't do that here. We want everybody prepared. We want everything excellent. Not to show off. Not to put ourselves on an ego trip. But God deserves everything we do to be excellent. Excellent. Excellent in attitude. Excellent in service. Excellent faithfulness. Excellent in giving. Everything. Everything we do, God blesses. God set a precedent with Cain and Abel in the very beginning with this very attitude. Yes, he did. Always come prepared. And our culture here must be life-giving. I'll get to that later. When you shake hands with somebody, there needs to be something that comes out of you to them that says, we can help you here. We can make you better. You're going to be safe here. We're not going to judge. We're not going to condemn. We're not going to remind you of all the horrible things of the past. We're not going to do that, okay? Culture needs to be life-giving. We don't worry about the scoreboard and run around comparing it, all the little progress we made with everybody. We just make sure we're getting better. We want to be real. We want to be authentic. We want to be relevant. We want to be enjoyable. We want to be accepting, even though you may not approve. 
So there may be a person come here from some walk of life. You may not approve of that walk of life, but it's imperative that we accept that person. And we must be powerful. So how are we doing that? We collect as much data as we possibly can. We, we want to understand who new guests are. That is why our lobby is so important. We have to know our new guests. We get as much information from them as we can. We want to know how many people have been baptized, how many received the Holy Ghost. That's why we do the certificate thing. And we keep records of all of that in the church office. Our website is totally current. Every week is current. You never look at Grace Church website and it's outdated and hadn't been updated in five years. It burns me up to go to a church website. Nobody's fooled with it in three years. You're still gloating over something that happened three years ago. You need to catch up to date with what's happening now. Um, we even try to monitor our website total visits during church on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. We keep track of all that. We like to know who our new guests are. We like to monitor social media stats, how many people get our emails, how many people open it, that kind of thing. And then we evaluate the results, we celebrate the wins, and then we confront the facts. If it ain't working, we're going to quit doing it. And we've done that many times. So how will we succeed? And I'm closing, and I've got a minute. We've got to have God first. We must have the Holy Ghost first. We've got to have the right system. We've got to have the right culture. And we got to have to have the right people doing it. When opportunity knocks, listen, folks, when opportunity knocks, it's too late to prepare. You have to be ready when opportunity knocks, and that's what we're doing tonight going through this, this presentation is when opportunity knocks and people walk in the door Sunday morning, we're going to be prepared to greet them. We're going to make them feel welcome. We're going to give them a gift bag. When they come sit in here, about eight people is going to go stand in line and can't wait to speak to them. We're going to smile. We're going to show them our teeth. We're going to be happy and excited they're here. Get up off your... <clears throat> If you see somebody here you don't know, and go meet them. Hi, my name is Glenn Murphy. Usually they'll tell you your name, their name, but if they don't say, and your name is, if they tell you, call them by your name. Hey, Jason, we're glad you're here, man. Welcome to Grace Church. I tell everybody, everybody that I greet like that, and you're welcome to come back. You're always welcome to come back. What's the most important right now is a question we must ask. What is the one big thing that, if it was improved, would make the biggest difference in our church? That's our vision. That's our system. That's how we work it. If it's not working, we change it. If it's not working, we change personnel. If we, whatever we have to do. But, folks, we're moving forward again. And if we're going to walk in here Sunday morning, there's going to be a different feeling in the air. It's going to feel like electricity. It's going to feel exciting. We're going to have some, a little giveaway Sunday morning. It's going to be exciting for just some folks, but the other folks are going to be excited about it because somebody else is getting something and you're not, but we're going to all be excited, right? We're going to all be excited, right? We're going to all be excited, right? I'm going to say that to somebody answers me. Going, okay, thank you very much. Let's give the Lord some appreciation tonight. Thank the Lord. God bless you tonight. We're glad you're here. Thank you for coming. You're welcome to come back. Lord willing, we'll see our men Saturday morning men's prayer at 9 o'clock in the A Center. The rest, we'll see you Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Thank you so much.